NPR News Radio, with news, talk, and entertainment from around the world and around the web. With your host, Christopher Simmons. For the week of August 29th, 2005, we have several interesting news items from the Send2Press.com Newswire, as well as a live chat with Bob Johnson, who has re-released a controversial board game, Public Assistance, on how to win at the welfare game and not work for a living, as well as a new game where celebrity criminals can be sent to the electric chair in Capital Punishment. Public assistance was banned in the 80s by government officials, and Bob explains why he's bringing it back now. In brief this week, we found the following stories of interest. From Portland, Oregon, Send2 Press Newswire broke the story this week that CDBaby.com has banded together with 3,000 independent musicians and record labels to donate their entire wholesale sales receipts to the Red Cross for disaster relief including Hurricane Katrina. All purchases made on a special website located at cdbaby.com forward slash Red Cross will be donated to the Red Cross. Since independent musicians won't get invited to play on Katrina telethons, this was a great idea by CD Baby's founder, Derek Seavers, who said, quote, You may think that a few sales won't help, but with thousands of musicians banded together to do this, I think it will help a lot of people get their lives back together after this disaster, unquote. CD Baby currently offers music from over 100,000 independent artists and over the past few years has sold nearly 2 million independently produced CDs through the website. Visit cdbaby.com to learn more. As a shameless plug, you can find my own CD at cdbaby.com forward slash CD forward slash Simmons C and in the Red Cross section under the Electronica category. From New York, author Beverly West, co-author of the best-selling Cinema Therapy book series, and Jason Burgund announced their new book, TV Therapy, The Television Guide to Life, just in time for this year's Emmys. According to the authors, TV shows are more than an escape. They're best friends and a form of therapy that can help us cope with everything from a bad hair day to a nuclear family meltdown. To help promote the book, the authors announced their own awards for the best primetime TV medicine of 2005. Winners include the following. Best Work is Hell TV, The Apprentice. After a rough day around the water cooler, there's nothing like watching the Donald fire some other poor schmuck to take the edge off. Best Diva TV, Desperate Housewives. The control queens of Wisteria Lane counsel us all to take charge of our own remote control, no matter what the neighbors think. Best TV Justice, Cold Case Files. This Saturday night solution reassures us that in TV land, at least, every dog has his DNA. TV Therapy, The Television Guide to Life by Beverly West and Jason Burgund is published by Delta Books, an imprint of Random House, and is available in bookstores and online booksellers across the country now. Other books released this month include Haul Away, Team Building Lessons from a Voyage Around Cape Horn by Rob Duncan, which tells of his experience of taking a break from his consulting and college teaching career in order to sign on as a deckhand on the Europa, a tall ship that was bound for Cape Horn, some of the most dangerous waters on the planet. 
In Paradox, the rejected cornerstone, Jane Weir embarks on an eye-opening journey into the obscure realm of paradoxes and proves that instead of mysticism and contradiction, these ubiquitous equations ironically reveal a secret inner and higher form of order, specifically the long-sought-after and ever-elusive universal blueprint. In connecting with the bliss of life, author and former Navy SEAL Dave Ferullo offers tips for moving beyond stress and negative thinking. You can learn more about these and other new books and other publishing news at publishersnewswire.com. Also from New York, a new website has launched dedicated to the Big Apple Central Park that is not just your average web portal. Centralpark.com, launched by photographer Eric Boyles, who created the best-selling aerial poster of Central Park, includes a virtual zoo with images of every animal housed in the park, a database of all park-related events, free stuff including email postcards, a bulletin board, and live webcams, plus a huge list of links to articles and blogs related to the park. Eric is joined in launching this new site with John Moore, who has hosted the centralpark.org site for the past eight years, as well as internationally recognized landscape photographer Rick Anderson. For Eric, a New Yorker who lives near Central Park and is planning to be married in the park's elegant conservatory garden this spring, centralpark.com is a labor of love and the fulfillment of his lifelong dream. Eric said, quote, It's my hope that centralpark.com will be a virtual park that is at once educational as well as inspirational, useful, and entertaining, just like Central Park itself, unquote. For any tourist thinking of visiting New York, the site is a great way to learn more about the history of the park and what activities are available. As you might expect, to learn more, visit centralpark.com. For more information on these and other stories, visit send2press.com forward slash newswire. This week we chat with Robert Bowie Johnson, whose company has re-released the controversial board game Public Assistance, Why Bother Working for a Living? The game pits players on the able-bodied welfare recipient's promenade against those in the working person's rut. The game's inventors are billing their re-released game, A Big Slice of Americana, as the classic welfare fraud edition, featuring the scams and dollar amounts from welfare's heyday in the 1980s. Those on the welfare promenade begin with $500 and get $200 more for each out-of-wedlock child they have. They also get money by playing the lottery and the horses, plus getting involved in four Saturday night crimes. According to Bob, back when the game was originally released, welfare officials in Washington put into operation a successful nationwide plan to remove the game from the marketplace. Bob is going to talk about this a bit and tell us more about the games and their history. Hi, Bob. Welcome to our show, and let's get started by talking a bit about your original game, Public Assistance, and then about your new game, Capital Punishment. What prompted you to decide on releasing the games now? Well, we've had a lot of people been asking us, you know, what about those games? And, you know, why don't you come out with those games again? They were fantastic, and people ought to have an opportunity to, to buy those games. And, you know, a whole, a whole generation's gone by now since the 80s, and people, some younger people have never heard of the game, and uh, they have an they should have an opportunity to buy it, and we're looking at it as kind of like vindication. I mean, this this was a a game illegally banned by government directed action, 
It embarrassed it. The game was so funny, such a hilarious satire on the welfare system that welfare officials banded, joined with special interest groups and threatened stores, uh, falsely called the games racist and sex, the game racist and sexist, and attempted to um, intimidate the retailers into not carrying it. And finally, they caved in because, I mean, if you were a retailer like Macy's or somebody and there's You've got 10,000 or 100,000 items, and you've got people screaming they're going to keep people out of your store if you carry this one. It's, it's a logical economic decision to not carry the one. So uh, even though it was, wrong, it was wrong what they did, and we feel now that uh, we got an opportunity to be vindicated. And uh, not only that, I mean, we're offering it at a, at a fraction of the cost because we're offering these. It's a totally new idea. Offering... Uh, public assistance why bother working for a living and the capital punishment game as downloadable games you can go right on the website welfaregame.com and download these games for ten dollars a piece and a discount for getting both of them and it prints out right you print it out right on your printer you can print a quick print version you can print a primo version and if you do on on uh, good paper and uh, on glossy paper, you'll wind up with a, a board that is better looking than the original board of both games from the 80s. Um, well, what we like to say is, um, let's say you've got uh, four friends, each, got, each have $10, you can waste gas and drive and buy a $40 board game at the mall and come back, or you can download a $10 game, take a uh, part of the money, another $20, buy a case of beer, and then take the remaining 10 and buy a pizza. And uh, you always have the game files with you. If you spill beer or wine or soda on the board, hey, print the part that got damaged. Cool. So, what, uh, uh, what inspired you to actually create these games in the first place? Uh, obviously, it's not a, a normal topic that uh, the average working person would come up with in general conversation. So what, uh, what led you and uh, your partners to invent these games in the first place? Well, my partner Ron and I back in the 80s had small publishing businesses and you know we were government regulations and, and all kind of rules and taxes. Those were just taxes were eating us alive and we read the paper every day about these people living high on the hog on welfare, people having their uh, their medical uh, insurance covered. You know, we had a struggle getting that for our families and um, so we complained a lot about welfare and about crime, and we got tired of complaining. And we just said to ourselves one day, well, let's make a game. Let's have fun with this instead of uh, being upset about it all the time. So we sat down and began to draw out the game, and it was very easy because we weren't really making anything up. We were just putting into on a game board the reality of the system. We, always, uh, we often tell people that we didn't invent the welfare game government liberals did we just put it in a box that's all we did we saw ourselves more as packaging experts than as game inventors tell me a little bit about how you actually play the game well you begin on the, the welfare game public assistance why bother working for a living at the first of the month it's like go and monopoly and that the first of the month is at the welfare office and you get your first five hundred dollar check then you roll the dice and you move along the able-bodied welfare recipients promenade and there you can land on a square marked have out a wedlock child. And if you accumulate two or three, when you get back around to the first of the month, you get $200 extra for each out of wedlock child. And of course, the winner of the game is one that has the most money at the end of the game. 
then you could land on a square of this marked government job. And then you have a second playing piece, which represents your live-in or spouse. Then he or she gets to go on the government cakewalk and take a turn. So if, and of course, that's just like real life. Uh, um, you know, you work on your own job on, on private time, collect $400, or um, blow whistle on, oh, you get demoted. That's one thing where you lose money. You, know, you blow whistle on government ways, get demoted, lose $300, or you have a kickback scheme, or or whatever on the government cakewalk. So if you can stay on the welfare promenade and keep your living or spouse on the government cakewalk, you're going to do pretty well in this game. Then there are other squares marked benefit, and you draw, if you land on benefit, you draw from one of 50 uh, welfare benefit cards. And a typical welfare benefit card might be uh, you impersonate your uncle from out of state at neighboring welfare office, collect $500. One of my favorites, while in a welfare office parking lot, you siphon gas from social workers' pinto into your Lincoln. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> collect $20. But, I mean, there's plenty of them like that. And then, uh, of course, at the beginning of each turn on the welfare promenade, you can, just like real life, you can play the horses or the lottery. And there are four Saturday nights in each month around the board. Well, what do able-bodied welfare recipients do on Saturday night? They get involved in crime. So you can take little uh, profitable offshoots into prostitution, armed robbery, gambling, or drugs. And, of course, you mostly make money, but there's a square in each crime where you can get sent to jail. But just like real life, you get sent to the jail joint. And usually it's just uh, you escape, change name, and get back on welfare. Psychiatric disability from Social Security, collect 500. Prison overcrowded, go back on welfare. And you just want to avoid landing on one of the four blocks marked get a job because then you've got to move from the welfare promenade out to the working person's rut. And that's the outer path of the game. Somebody's got to pay for all the welfare, all the crime, and so forth. So instead of drawing benefits when you're in the working person's rut, you draw uh, working person's burden. And uh, a typical working person's burden might be uh, you're up for high-paying promotion, but government affirmative action rules require that a disadvantaged minority, homosexual, Buddhist, female, be promoted over you, lose $500, or your son is beat up by an ethnic gang while being bused across town to school, pay hospital bill $300. Some um, of you are just typical stuff like that. So at the end of the game, you see who has the most money, who has the most, usually thousands of dollars if you spend most of your time on the welfare promenade. And, of course, if you finish the game on the welfare promenade, you pay no taxes, but if you finish the game in the working person's right, you got to pay your taxes. So it's a great game. There's a lot to it. And I think there's like 5,000 words in the game. Yeah, I actually downloaded and printed them out on my inkjet printer, and uh, they're very easy to put together. And the game that I actually enjoyed the most of the two was actually the Capital Punishment game, which is your newer game. Uh, although of the the irony and the wit and the, the hilarity of the original game was great. I found personally that I enjoyed the uh, Capital Punishment game. Uh, the illustrations for the Capital Punishment game are just uh, tremendous. And uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the Capital Punishment game and, and how that works and uh, the illustrations and the artwork and the whole package. It's really, really great. Well, the Capital Punishment game, it's the celebrity edition of Capital Punishment. We have celebrity criminals and celebrity uh, liberals. But you can actually, at long last, you can put O.J. in the chair. 
But it's an offensive-defensive strategy game, and each player gets four criminals and two liberals. And you win the game offensively by maneuvering all four of your celebrity criminals into life imprisonment, death row, or the electric chair. You win the game defensively by using your liberals to knock your opponent's criminals back on the street so many times that all of your innocent, all of his innocent citizens become victims of violent crimes. But it's something somewhere between chess and somewhere between checkers and chess, I would say. But you do have to do some thinking. But it's, uh, of course, the um, only place that these celebrity criminals are actually safe from your opponent's liberals. Uh, is the chair, and you don't have you don't have to juice anybody to win the game. But uh, I mean, most people find that uh, that's the only place that, that where you can keep the liberals from knocking them back on the street. Well, and of course, for some of the ca cast of characters, it's the appropriate place for them to end up. Oh yeah, we got Osama. You can put Osama in life imprisonment, death row with a chair. Uh, if you can get him past your opponents, liberals who come out of the ivory tower and so forth. Um, we've got a Dan Rather, one of our liberals. We've got Janine Garofalo, Al Franken, a, a whole cast of. And now some people are telling me what they like to do is, when they're playing the public assistance while bother working for a living game, they like to use their celebrity criminals and liberals as their playing pieces for that game. So you can have uh, Hillary Clinton and Jesse Jackson, you know, as your uh, as your playing pieces for the welfare game and so forth. So. But they're both great games, and the thing about downloading them is that uh, it, it's easy. I mean, you can hear about the game, and within an hour, you could be playing it. We were getting ready to print these things, and they would have cost $40 a piece at retail. And uh, we printed out the PDF files that we would have sent to the printer, and, and we just realized, wait a minute, we've got the whole game right here on, on our personal printer, and we can control the quality, even on quick print in color, um, the games look great, and if they, they look wonderful it, at uh, normal print, but if you print them at uh, uh, really high quality on photo paper, man, they're just they're just great. Plus, we supply a file in case you have access to an oversized printer, and you want to print the whole board at once, or you want to take it to Kinko's on a disc, and you can get the whole board of either game printed all at once in one piece. So it's a very innovative uh, concept, and, um, and and it's starting to catch on. We've sold quite a few of them so far, and the word really isn't even getting out there yet. But it is. It's on the way to getting out there. But um, Great. Well, is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about the games? Chet, when you go online at welfaregame.com, you can actually download a file and sample the quality of, of the files you're getting. And also, there's a whole page that has samples of the welfare benefit, working person's burden cards, the money the plan pieces for public assistance and the celebrity liberals and criminals for capital punishment. So you can print that out and download it, print it out, and look and say, hmm, this, quality, this is top quality stuff. So if I download this file, I'm really going to have And you always have the file. You will always have the file. You can do a quick print version of either game and have a ball playing with it. And uh, that could be a disposable version. And then you can print it again. Or you can print a top-notch version. Whatever you want to do, you have the files. You can do it. Great. Well, thanks for visiting with us, Bob. And uh, we invite our listeners to go check out the games, the demos, and uh, screenshots, and the whole cast of characters at welfaregame.com. Thanks, well, Bob. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it.
that's our show for this week. Be sure to visit with us next time when our guests will be best-selling author Beverly West, who's talking about her new book, TV Therapy. Starting with our next show, we'll also be showcasing a music artist each week with a sample track from their independently produced CD. As always, you can find the latest episode of this podcast at send2press.com forward slash podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes by searching for Send2Press Newswire. PR News Radio is a service of Neotrope. It's copyright 2005. Learn more about us at prnewsradio.com.